Welcome to another episode of Season 2 of JNC Views on Marketing. I'm Meg Goodman, Vice President and Managing Director here at Jacobson Clevenger for JNC. Today, I have the pleasure to talk to Manu Etikara, the Program Director for iVenture Accelerator at the University of Illinois. Named one of Forbes 30 Under 30 in education this year, Manu helps inspire students across all three U of I campuses to start their dream businesses. Together, he and his students have raised more than $11 million and have created one of the best entrepreneurial programs on a college campus. In addition, Manu practices Muay Thai and is really into health and wellness. Hey Manu, how are you? Meg, it's great to hear from you. Hope you're doing safe and well. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's, it's good to have you here. Um, you and I have had conversations before this. Um, I know very well of your background, but it, um, it's going to be fun to share this uh, with our listeners today. So you returned to your alma mater back in 2017 to join the iVenture Accelerator team. What was it about this program that made you come back? Sure. So the University of Illinois has an amazing history of entrepreneurship and innovation. I mean, this is where the minds behind YouTube, Netscape, Oracle were all educated. And throughout its history, there have been several decentralized hubs on the university, such as the Research Park, Illinois Ventures, and the Technology Entrepreneur Center, that have all served students that are interested in innovative ideas. For me, the accelerator was something that started the year after I graduated. And so it was really neat to see a service for students that existed to help push them to build things that wasn't around when I was there. And I thought what a great opportunity to come back and give back and really help students experience innovation and entrepreneurship this way. So I think just like the novelty of it and the fact that it wasn't around when I was there was a big push to get me interested in it. So how can going through a program like this help students to build their brand? Yes, so it's an excellent question. So our program is slightly different than most accelerators. Usually when investors give you money, they own a piece of what you're working on. So we don't do that. We're equity free. We essentially give grants to students. And through that, student development is first. We're always on the side of students rather than their venture. So regardless of whether or not their startup or nonprofit fails or succeeds, we are still guiding students on individual development. So what that means is throughout the full year program, uh, summer, fall, and spring, students are focused on kind of their development first, their career goals, and their vision for life after iVenture. So all those things tie into building their brand because a lot of them, whether they do want to run their company full-time, whether they do want to go into industry, or they want to work on really interesting, meaningful projects, all of that is brand building in itself. So is, is this a specific reason that certain students decide to go to U of I? <laughs> I hope so. So uh, iVenture Accelerator is a program out of the Geese College of Business. It is open to students from across campus. But as part of our community development, we do pitch this program and share the successes of it to incoming potential high school students. So we do hope that innovation entrepreneurship is a great attraction to the University of Illinois for prospective students. Absolutely. So what are some of the challenges that students face um, doing a startup compared to starting a business later in life? You know, that, that's an excellent question. And there's two ways to look at it. So I think when you actually look at the median age of startup founders across the world, it's not 
a college age student, not an undergrad age student. It's, I think, towards end of 30s, early 40s. So they've done a lot of industry experience. They have some capital saved up. Uh, they're ready to take a risk. They've built up connections. It, it's very interesting. On the flip side, in the media, what we see is there are a ton of young millennials and Gen Zs kind of creating companies, taking advantage of opportunities. And for a student building a venture in college, I think one of the biggest things is just understanding risk evaluation. So you really don't have that many responsibilities right now. You have to go to class and take care of your health, absolutely. But most of them do not have a family. They do not have a full-time job. They don't, they're not managing employees. Like there's a ton of things in terms of just day-to-day -day responsibilities that are offloaded. Uh, in addition to that, college is an amazing ground for students to meet other potential co-founders and teammates. It's like one of the best places to meet people that you want to work with in the future. It's very lean in terms of, you know, students are used to living lean. <laughs> there's, 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 <laughs> it's a necessity, right? It is. It is. And uh, it, it, there might be questions on what students spend their money on, actually. But the fact of the matter is they're, they're used to being innovative. They're used to being nimble. They're used to being lean. And all these things contribute to a very favorable environment for creating ventures. And the last point on top of this is students... Just by definition, by being enrolled in a university, are eligible for a number of scholarships, grants, services that help them build a venture. All those things immediately dissipate after graduating. So it, it is a very favorable time to at least pilot or test an idea that you're working on. You know, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, you mentioned that YouTube and, and Netscape came out of uh, the U of I as uh, an incubator for great ideas. Um, was the accelerator team there at the time, um, or did uh, these two ventures precede that? And then was the accelerator team built because of this? So two questions. So one, the accelerator program is nowhere in sight when these companies came about. These are fairly earlier ventures. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we've had a history of innovation, which was one of the inspirations to start the current iVenture Accelerator but the iVenture Accelerator was actually born out of a partnership between four different colleges here, Greater College of Engineering, Geese College of Business, School of Social Work, and Fine Applied Arts. And there was a professor, the founder of the Accelerator, Professor Noah Isserman, who used to teach a course in social work in which students would identify problems in the surrounding area, come up with solutions, and then look what happened over summer is a lot of them would take internships and go on to do other things. So we realized that while students were finding problems and coming up with solutions for them, there's this gap in that academic year experience. And that's where the accelerator really came out of, to continue building these solutions to problems that people faced. So it, it was, it was, I would say it was pretty independent, but uh, definitely inspired by the spirit of entrepreneurship on our campus. For sure. And, and the fact that you've raised more than a million dollars already, I think speaks to how solid the program is. Now, um, since this is a marketing podcast, of course, you know I have to talk about marketing, and um, it's always one of a startup's most valuable tools. So talk a little bit about um, how your program goes about teaching your students the value of marketing early on. Yes. So marketing and branding are absolutely critical for early stage ideas and ventures. And with student startups, one of the first things we teach them and have them go through is customer discovery. And the whole process of customer discovery allows you to talk to potential users, identify their pain points, and see if your solution maps onto those issues. So with that, 
there's a tremendous amount of thought that goes into understanding the user, empathizing with the user's problems, and finding solutions for it. That is the basics of marketing because it's, you know, selling is very important, but if you can understand a user's pain points, talk to them, craft messages that help support them and speak to them, that is the core aspect of marketing. So we start off with customer discovery and then absolutely we go into different sectors. So we go into the four P's, we go into internet growth, uh, we go into different ads, ad services, but at the core of it, we, we really push students to think about the messaging that they're putting out. So does marketing for a student startup differ at all from marketing for a regular startup or do you see it as pretty much the same? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't see too much difference. I think the one thing that students have as an advantage is they can always play the student card when they're marketing. So marketing is not just to consumers. It's also to potential partners. It's to uh, events that they want to go into and, and things that they want to achieve. So with, with student startups, like a lot of them end up going to conferences or presenting at symposiums or trying to build partnerships with big companies. That's all. Marketing is absolutely critical there in terms of getting the message out, uh, branding yourself and selling your your vision so that, that those are those are neat things in which you can play the student card oh you know i'm a student i'm studying this i'm, I'm doing some research on this can you help me out so it's, it's a useful hack that students can use but in terms of marketing you know i think the same principle should apply to most early stage ventures sure you know it's uh it's interesting when i i think about students and remember back to college, um, we took an attitude of why not? You know, we can we can try anything. I think as people get further into their lives, to your point earlier, they have more responsibilities and perhaps even become a little bit more jaded on things. Or we've already always done things this way. Uh, and I see students um, having a, a much more broad perspective on uh, on things that they might just want to test. Definitely. Um, so, so let's talk about, uh, let, let's go back to your $11 million, which is a formidable sum for sure. Um, due to the age of these students, it's easy to understand why investors might be skeptical of student-led businesses. So what is your secret? How do you convince investors uh, to invest in the young entrepreneurs? Sure. So that's a good question. And as of today, I think that number is over $17 million. And we just had two teams close, pretty significant rounds. And so in terms of convincing investors to invest in young entrepreneurs, we actually don't really take active involvement in that. What we do is we put students together with the right people and we try to allow them to lead their own discussions and decide what's best for their future and their venture. And we serve there as coaches because we always want to be on the same side as the students. We do not take a cut of this investment. So there's really no incentive for us to push investment in our companies. In fact, I would say a lot of our companies are bootstrapped and we encourage them to take advantage of as many resources on campus before they really commit to it fully. In regards to investors being skeptical, absolutely. And I think that's only going to tighten up now with the current situation. I think there's a bubble in venture capital and you'll see consolidation of a lot of those firms, as well as drying up of capital to models that actually have a proven revenue model. So we actually don't do tremendous convincing. We're more of matchmakers and we try to bring together people in, in a nice, fun, safe environment where they can kind of create those relationships for themselves. And now if those talks become serious, 
We are supported by our own public-private university venture capital firm who helps give us advice. And we're also supported by some of the earlier students and entrepreneurs that have secured investment themselves. So I guess the short answer is we, we have good friends that help <laughs> that have done it before. Yeah, that uh, that's important. And, and I want to go back to something um, that you said. You said in the current situation. And, and what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to actually timestamp uh, this conversation. Um, as we sit here talking today, uh, it is the end of April 2020. Uh, and we are in the throes of a worldwide pandemic that I'm sure uh, has affected you, your students, how you do things. Um, and I'd, I'd like you to talk about that. Um, you know, what's what's been going on with you all through all of this? Uh, what have you learned from it? How have you had to pivot in, in what you're doing? And, and what does the future look like uh, given the current situation? Yes. So lots of questions in there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it it has definitely disrupted higher education. We're seeing a lot of discrepancies and inequalities across the spectrum. And with us specifically, we had to move online, which actually wasn't that difficult for a, a program based on young, innovative entrepreneurs. We already have kind of all of our remote work flow set up and we encourage students to work on that throughout the school year anyway in terms of keeping in touch with us. So that wasn't too difficult. Our core principles and our core programming in terms of mock boardroom presentations, virtual strategy chats, checking in uh, with the whole entire cohort together, those things really didn't change. Looking forward though, as we start a new cohort this summer, I do anticipate significant challenges in terms of motivating the cohort, encouraging them to build building a sense of community and encouraging ideation and workflow between different members of the cohort, those are all going to be significant challenges. And while our key programming support and resourcing stays the same, there's just something that's so nice about having an incubator space where you can work in person, eat together, have infrequent, informal communications with each other. That is what really drives innovation, bringing a lot of smart people together under one roof and having them kind of just talk and mingle with each other. So we're definitely going to miss that, but we're trying our hardest in terms of mitigating that. So a couple of things that we're doing is we're bringing in more people to support. So we have program fellows, they're not interns, but they're students that are given a high amount of responsibility, and they'll work with teams one-on-one in terms of branding, pitching, community support, making sure that students are supported. A lot of people's mental and physical health is in question right now, and we want to make sure that's a priority for us in this program. Uh, with us, with, this, with the leadership of this program, we are really striving to make sure that we can encourage students to build, be strategic, and make the most out of this time. Because at the end of the day, chaos breeds innovation, and turmoil is a great opportunity for people if they you know, can take care of their basic needs. So we really want to make sure that students are prepared, not just for this current crisis, but for a bunch of crises that are coming up in the future. So a lot of challenges, but we're excited. You know, excited uh, is is the way to be these days. Um, you know, crisis breeds opportunity. Um, Manu, you are an entrepreneur in your own right. Um, you certainly have that that vision and that way of thinking. Um, certainly, uh, you know, the right person to lead this um, this adventure. Um, talk a little bit about 
what you've learned during the duration of your time uh, with these students and working on this. Are, are there specific takeaways that you didn't have, you know, when you got into this and, and some enlightenment that uh, you may have found during your uh, experience with the accelerator? <laughs> so there's a ton I'm learning every day. And I think that's the first thing. These are students from all different majors, all different colleges, all different industries. There is zero chance that I'm an expert in any single one of them. So I'm just learning every single day and I'm learning more and more that I know not that much. So that's, that's been a significant learning curve. And I think number two is just, we're learning to adapt. So yes, the situation is a big adaptation for a lot of people, but in our work, we're adapting all the time. Let's say a student venture gets sued. Let's say a student venture fails to close the deal. Let's say a student venture runs out of funding for their team and they need to cut team members. Like these are just like new and distinct challenges every single day. And we can try and take from history a little bit here and there, but I think the most part, we, these are just new challenges each and every single day because each situation is slightly different. So I think adapting in, in I think in evolutionary theory it's it's known as the red queen hypothesis which is the it's not the strongest or the smartest creature that survives it's the the one most adaptable to change so I'm, I'm learning to adapt a lot and be fluid and allow my assumptions to be challenged and just continue moving forward like momentum is really important i, th I think that's the third thing momentum so not necessarily being busy but being productive so like putting things out sprinting getting things done Resting, revisiting, reevaluating, and then putting things out again. And, and that's basically the startup process. It's a lean startup process. It's, it's the MVP, put out a minimum viable product of things, test your assumptions, and build something better and continue that process. So I would say those are three really, really important things. But again, all, always learning. I think in terms of student ventures, we're seeing a lot of things in terms of how big of an investment starting a venture is in terms of your personal life and personal ambitions. So a lot of times a, a student's personal motivations, mission and identity will map on strongly to their vision of their venture. And we try to marry those if they're agreeable. So yeah, I, I think there, there's a ton of stuff that we learn. And from the student side, it's really stems from the individual development piece. Like, what do you want to do in this world with these entrepreneurial skills? Like, it's a must have, I think like thinking entrepreneurial. So what do you want to do in the world? You can start this company, you can go work here, you can start this. We really trying to learn and motivate and create really ambitious, passionate, energetic young leaders. Is there any specific venture uh, that you have seen through that you'd like to, to talk about that you were particularly impressed with uh, what they did and, and their success? <laughs> <laughs> So, so that, that's tough. There's there's 70 different companies in our portfolio, and all of them I could talk about for a long time. Um, so that, that would 70. Be tough. That's yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very tough because they're all different and they're all really unique in their own ways. <laughs> so is is there um, any uh, specific uh, business that students lean toward, or is it all across the board? You know, we, we try to identify the trends and there are surprisingly not that many software applications that apply here, despite our CS department being a juggernaut. We have a lot of hardware teams and within that, we've seen a lot of teams focusing on the healthcare space. We've seen a tremendous amount of nonprofit and social purpose teams apply as well. 
And that's historically been the case, especially given our origins. And we're really happy about that. We've also seen a tremendous amount. Again, it's not really an industry, but we've seen a lot. I think 40% of our teams historically roughly have been female led and about 23, 25% are staffed by underrepresented minorities. So these numbers aren't fantastic, but compared to the national averages of where venture capital money goes, I think it goes like 2% nationally. Uh, we, we like to think we're, we're affecting change and culture and ex- accessibility to these kind of entrepreneurs. So I, I think those are some of the trends in terms of demographics that we see. It's impressive, uh, especially when you, you uh, compare it to the national averages. So I'm going to ask you one last question that, that I always ask our guests, and that is, is there a question that I didn't ask you that you wish I had, and what's your answer to that? Sure. So I think one question, if we're talking about marketing, and more importantly, I guess, in this context, personal branding, is there are a lot of young people out there that are very ambitious. And now more than ever, we're seeing everything in turmoil, a lot of assumptions being questioned, and people really having to think deeply and clearly about what they want to do. And with the young people especially, there's a lot of pressure on them ever since high school probably to get all A's, take the hard classes, do all the sports, take up an instrument, like do everything and be good at everything. And once they come to college, there's a lot of pressure to, again, continue that because, you know, your high school resume doesn't matter that much more. It's your college resume and, and employers want to see someone that can do everything. And that's that's helpful, but I think students young people should just take one huge step back and realize that society will always have things to say. Society will always have paths for people. But in terms of you, you personally and your happiness, what really matters is what you want to do. And I don't know if in this kind of nine to five Russian modern US economy, just facet where we're just go, go, go all the time allows for that. But what I encourage a lot of students to do is just think very, very deeply about what they want to do. And that might start with like a personal mission statement, a vision of where they want to be, goals that they have. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be academic or financial. It can be anything. And kind of look into those things and see, oh, okay, this path could lead me here. This path could lead me here. Maybe I don't need to take that job. Maybe I take this job with lower pay. Maybe I do start a venture. Like think about that because that's the most important thing. Um, And that really leads into... A, a strong brand. Because once you have a vision, mission, and goals for yourself, everything else in life becomes clear, including your work. You know, I think that's sage advice. And, and given what's uh, going on right now in business and our economy, I would bet that there are probably people well into their careers who could take that as advice or are already thinking in, in those terms, reevaluating uh, what's important. Uh, certainly our commute to work uh, evaporated uh, when we all had to, to stay home and change our lives exponentially. So I, I think no matter what the age, uh, that's excellent advice. Manu, thank you so much for taking the time to share your stories with us today. Um, where can people find you if they want to know more? Sure. So I blog every now and then. It's medium.com slash at Manu Adakara. Okay, um, so check out Manu's blog. 
and um, certainly keep in touch with him. There's um, many things in the future of the iVenture Accelerator at the University of Illinois. Manu, it's been so good having you on today. Thank you for taking time with us. And so that's that, another episode of JNC. This episode was produced by Kevin Tyertz and edited by Emily Hegland. I'm Meg Goodman, and I'll JNC you next time. Hey, did you enjoy this episode? Well, you can find more just like it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every month to stay up to date with everything JNC.